G'day! Welcome to On Minis Games. G'day and welcome to another episode of On Minis Games. My name's Giles Pritchard. And I'm Quinton Sun. And uh, this episode is going to be a hobby update. Last episode we talked about a game that we've been enjoying, Sharp Practice, and we gave it a bit of a review. But we've been, while we've been playing a little bit, and we'll get onto that a little bit later, we've also been doing quite a few other things around the hobby. So we have, uh, we've got a bit to talk about. We do a little bit, yeah. Where should we start? Uh, well, first of all, uh, is there anywhere around the internet where people can find you? Well, there is now. Um, there is now. There is now. Um, I bit the bullet and I started my own blog, which I've been looking at for quite a while. Yeah, we, we talked about that probably we a had, year ago. It has been a year yeah. ago. And uh, I finally bit the bullet while I was at work the other night and just uh, started typing. Yep. And I've, I've three posts in one day I thought was impressive, <laughs> but I might have set the bar a little bit too high. I've got the, the the fourth post ready. I just haven't put it up yet. Need a few photos for that, but um, we'll get there. Ah, oh, it's excellent. But I'm excited. I yeah. think it will be good. So, what's the what's the blog address for anyone who uh, wants to go and have a look? It's uh, a room full of resin. A room full of resin. Yeah. Blogspot.com. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So, should be interesting. Um, it'll be my hobby stuff and also some thoughts and some musings about the hobby. And I've got a blog post that I'm going to put up in a couple of, a couple of weeks that. Hopefully, it will be a bit insightful and interesting. Yeah, good. Or just a whole heap of waffle. <laughs> Probably a whole heap of waffle. But, you know, gives me uh, something to do. Yeah, that's right. It's good. Excellent. So, that's uh, roomfulloferesin.blogspot.com. Is that yep. Right? Yep, cool. Pretty sure. Excellent. Yeah, my blog is castlewellmoonlight.blogspot.com. Uh, we can go and check out my, well, I'm not going to beat around the bush, ramblings. Um, interesting ramblings, yeah. though. I enjoy them. Um, games that I've been playing and so forth and, uh, and so on. So... Um, in any case, we're here to talk about some of the things that we've been doing. Um, let's kick off with some of the things that we've been playing. Yep. So, um, we've been playing a bit of sharp practice, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we covered, obviously, in the last episode. Well, we talked about it last episode, and we gave it a review. Yeah, we and did. at that stage, we'd played two games yeah, or something like so, yep. that. We've played a couple of games more since we then. We have. Has your view on the game changed at all? I'm. Can, can one fall more in love with a game? <laughs> um I really our last game I really enjoyed was it was tense it was it exciting was. It, it hung in the balance yeah right up and then it just tipped yeah it was just, it, was, it was pretty shocking from my perspective <laughs> well it was I think the the interesting thing about it was that it, it was very much all in the balance it was not it just it played really evenly mm. until it got to a tipping point where where your shock just built up and I managed to get a few good shots off and you. Didn't get any activations for a couple of turns, which is a bit frustrating. Oh, I, I, I did, but I got them in the wrong places at the wrong times, yeah. I think. And, and that, you know, uh, I had, for the board was was sort of um, partitioned. There was a river across the board, yep. big bridge, uh, and a ford. And I'd split my force across the river. You know, my deployment point was on one side of the river and really your yeah. army was on the other. It was. Um, and so I sort of, I... I, I elected to try and use the bridge, which was at the opposite side of the yeah. board, um, and, and on your flank. At flank, mm. but um, I think your your I think part of the issue was that you had a big block of yeah. uh, of, of line infantry 
And the way it works in the in the game, if you've got it's all individual um, groups, and then you rank them up into formations. Mm. But only the front groups of a formation can fire. So yeah. I think you were limited in that you had a group of four groups of infantry, but only two of them could shoot at me. And I was limited for space. I yeah, really should have. Um, I should have deployed differently. Yeah, that would have made a difference. Yeah, and uh, you know it. it but it was a really, it was also a really fun game because it was. I managed to get my guys around the flank a lot quicker than you'd expected. You did. They um, moved quickly, very, they, very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. They were standing across the river, sort of pouring gunfire into your flank for a little while before you managed to sort of fall back into a position where you're able yeah. to return fire. And then you managed to hold that line yep. and then bring some skirmishes up in support, yep. and that really helped make a difference on that I think, flank. I think it was in, in, in that game, it was the skirmish war started out where we had our skirmishes facing off against each other, and I managed to win that skirmish war because I, I managed to hold off your big block with only a small group of infantry mm. and move my other group of infantry in to deal with the skirmishes. That's right, yeah. Which then meant I could divert my... Skirmishes across, pull them back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was uh, so. It was a really interesting game. I enjoyed it, it a lot, even though I was um, thoroughly, thoroughly flogged. So, well, it was good. As I said, it hung in the balance for quite a while. I think. Yeah, and um, you know, we talked a lot uh, last episode about how much we'd enjoyed the game, um, and some people might have thought, "Oh, you've only played a couple of games." Oh, we've played a couple more since. It's. I'm still. This is still a game that I really am yep. looking forward to getting back to the table. So, yeah. we've got um, it booked in. Yeah, got another game booked in. For, and, uh, I think the next one's going to be a bit bigger. We'll um, introduce some cavalry and some artillery maybe into it. Yeah. Um, a bit more unpredictability because at the moment we've been playing with set set lists. So we'll keep it a secret and we'll surprise each other on the day when we turn up with something a bit different to try and outsmart That's the other right. one. You'll probably turn and say, so you can take all of that, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> no, it should be good fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so aside from that, I played a... Uh, there's a, a, a little skirmish game that you can download the rules for online by a company called Oathsworn Miniatures. Uh, they do a fantastic range of anthropomorphic um, animals. They do. They're very nice. Uh, they are beautiful-looking miniatures. Um, I happen to have a range of anthropomorphic warriors. You see yep. the Wind and the Willows crossed with Game of Thrones. Um, sort of miniatures already by a company called Splintered Light. So... I downloaded these rules after hearing about them on the Meeples and Miniatures podcast where they interviewed the, the owners of the Ice yep. Miniatures. And, yeah, played a game with my son. It was a really simple game. Yep. The the miniatures, each miniature is, is treated as an individual. They have yep. a, ra- a range of stats, quite a number of stats. Um, each stat is represented by a dice. So it might be a D4 or a D6 or a D8 or a D10. Yep. And then you basically, if you if at any point you're called upon to, to use one of those stats, you roll that dice and compare them. Okay. Um, there's also, I can't remember what the, the, the name of the rule is, but if you roll the maximum you can on a particular dice, yeah. um, you add 70 results. So okay. if you roll a 4 on a D4, yep. add 7 to it, it becomes 11. So it's an it, that that's quite an interesting system because while your bigger dice have got that range, yep. you know, and your and your average rolls are sitting up higher, your D four and your, your lower dice are more often going to be getting that the, the top bonus. number. Yeah. So it it was really quite interesting. Look, I, I enjoyed the game a lot. Yep. One of the things I like about it is that it's got a really interesting campaign system built around it. You, yep. Your miniatures develop skills, get yep. better. You know, you buy and lose equipment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Very Mordheim, Necromunda-esque yep. style campaign system. Lots of scenarios in the book as well. 
Um, and they're currently working on a second edition, which is going to be published by Osprey Publishing. I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll be grabbing yep. those rules when, they, when they're when they published. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying the game yep. so far. So I haven't had um, – I've got the – I've downloaded the second edition rules, actually. I haven't had a chance to read yep. through them to see the differences, but I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. My, my son is seven years old. You know, he's not going to be sitting down playing highly complex yeah. games. He was quite able to, to play through the game oh, and was good. making decisions and things like that. So he had a, a good time as well. So. Yeah, sounds like a good, fun rule set. That it is. It's a real beer, beer and pretzels game. Yeah. It's really fast moving. And, and that's a, it's an alternate activation game. So I use a miniature, you use a miniature, yep. I use a miniature. And because of that, it's very fast flowing. Yep. And... and the other aspect to it that's really fast flowing is you get one action on your turn. Yeah. So, uh, although you know you can move attack or yeah. move shoot or move cast a spell or something along those lines, but essentially it's all pretty quick. And yeah. so yeah, good game and well worth checking out. There, as I said, the rules are available to download yeah. at Iceborne Miniatures. Uh, if you do a Google search for badges and um, burrows and badges miniatures game, you'll find it no problems. And yeah. um, there's a whole bunch of support online and the rules. So well yeah. worth checking out. And the miniatures Iceborn do are just they, they are very nice. Beautiful, yeah. They are some very, very nice. And they recently finished the Kickstarter yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, uh, I think they just packed and shipped. Yeah, they did a 24-hour Kickstarter. I think it was in November or December or did something like that. did very well, though, from what I can gather. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all packed and shipped now. So um, I'm sure they'll be doing others. That's, yep. that's what the company, Modus Operandi, the company is. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they no, do. No, I do. Um, definitely um, it's something that you, you referred me to at Giles mm. and I had a look at the rules and being myself, I I did I was determined I had to get an all badger warband. <laughs> why not? Because yeah, because right. so I'm um, I'm really looking forward to hopefully then bringing out some more badgers in 28 mil because 28 mil is a bit easier to paint, I suppose. Yeah, but I'll definitely be looking at getting some 20 mil um, anthropomorphic anthropomorphic models from Splintered Light. Yeah, then those are nice. Yeah. I quite quite like them. I'll put some photos up. Yep, uh, along with the episode. Um, so that really covers off what we've been playing. It's mainly it been sharp practice and, and um, more than anything else. But what have we been building? This is where we've actually had quite yeah. a lot of, of our time uh, yeah, has been invested. Yeah. yeah, it has been. Um, well, you've been finishing off your sharp practice. I put together course. all my sharp practice yeah. force. Yeah, I've got a couple of officers to do, which I just found tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm They're not Quentin. important. Yeah. Not, not important in the rule set at all. I'm saying, Quentin, um, I don't think I've got enough officers. And I want to look that back look back at the sprues and I'm like, oh, hang on, no, I do. I just haven't assembled them yet. So. There's a whole sprue of them here. Oh, wait, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so finished off um, finished off those. I've got five blocks of line infantry, some cavalry, some skirmishers, um, some cannons, so yeah, looking forward to getting those on yeah, the table um, on Monday. So it should be good fun. And aside from that, yeah, have you been you've been putting together? You got your landware today? Yeah, so I got the um, rest of my landware for my Prussians. So now I have far too much that we'll probably never <laughs> see the table. So I have a large block of landware, um, a large block of fusiliers, and a large block of musketeers as well. So a whole heap of line infantry of varying skills, which adds a bit of variation to my force. So yeah. I can swamp. Giles, hopefully, in a whole heap of line infantry, just really, really dodgy, crappy line infantry, but it'll work, I'm sure. Um, so they're all there. I've got them, so they've been assembled. So pretty much all my Prussians are, are together, waiting someday in the future. They might get some paint, but they're all assembled, which is the main thing, <laughs> and ready to use. So we can use them on the table. We can, yeah. So aside from that, you've also been doing a bit of foreground assembly. Yeah, more just trying to. Work through my my backlog of foreground terrain, yeah, uh, which is sizable. It, it is, it is. So, I've, I think I've put together a couple more houses, which they do take a little while because there's a lot of pieces being yeah. pre-painted. They have to do separate areas to 
to make sure that all the paint, all the different mm. colors, you know, are on different pieces of either um, cardboard or MDF. So, but I enjoy assembling them when I don't glue my fingers together because I'm impatient and can't use white glue. I yeah. use super glue. I'm putting together a foreground house at the moment and I've been using white glue. So, uh, I just put Netflix on in the background and, <laughs> and um, go through this assembly process, which is lengthy. And yep. Especially when you're using white glue and you like put one piece on and ten other pieces fall off. Yes. Um, so no, it's uh, it's good and the build they do look absolutely. They do look fantastic. So. Um, once we get them, once I get most of them done, I'll definitely get some photos done of the table and mm. um, I might put the table together even and um, particularly set up for sharp practice and we might take yeah. a few photos and That'd put them cool. up, which um, it's starting to look all right, I think. Yeah, yeah, they look really yeah. nice. So aside from that, I've been assembling. I got a whole bunch of um, Spartan Scenics. Uh, stuff. Um, you got a tree. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, those MDF trees. Yeah. The, um, so I I did get a bunch of the Spartan Scenic stuff and, and bunch here as a, a collective noun that means a lot. I, no. I, you know, I didn't realise how much came in a starter box. Yeah. I've got to be honest. Um, for those people uh, who are interested in Spartan games, may have a whole line of scenic um, a 28 level science fiction terrain yep. called uh, Spartan Scenics. Um, they do like a, a starter set, rooms and corridors, doors, a whole bunch of sort of drop terrain for inside from yep. tables and armories to pool tables and, you know, stuff you'd find in a mess or a medi lab or whatever else. So um, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I put together one starter kit and it is a sizable piece it's, of terrain. It's very, I, if you have a look on their website, mm. and I've, I've had a look at it. It, the the image they put up there does not do justice to actually how big this piece of terrain is because no. it's not scaled against a twenty eight mil model. It's big. It takes up the better portion of a four by four foot table. Yeah, I would say yes, quite comfortably. Um, and the beauty of it, you know, having it all, being able to interconnect it all like that, and having we were talking about this earlier, having one big interconnected building yep. with lots of corridors and rooms. Looks really nice and would be great for special games. Yep. It would be great for role-playing games or yep. whatever it might be, but not not so much for the games that we tend to play, yeah. like Necromunda or Infinity and yep. things like that. Um, but the beauty of it is is that the, the, the size of the terrain means that you could pe- take one of the corridor pieces, for example, put a door on either end, and there is a like a little Stand storage line. room yeah. um, that you could have on the table, and it would it looks the part. It's yep. good good size and scale. Um, so it's actually – there's a, a real – chunk of terrain in those, those starter boxes they are well worth their money definitely they're excellent they're they're very and they're very well detailed um how do they go to put it being put together they're not bad yeah some of the pieces are a bit of a pain in the neck um i've got to be honest and then some of the tabs need a little bit of filing yep i've found um to slot in but by and large they go together really easily yep. i mean com- compared to foreground's terrain goes together magnificently. Yeah. But it's a lengthy process. Yes. The Spartan Scenic stuff goes together a lot quicker. Yep. It's not pre-painted, of course, yeah. it, but it, it's a little bit rougher to put together, but it looks really nice once yeah. it's all done. So, look, I'm really, really thrilled with the terrain. No, it looks um, really good. And I think I've got far too much of it. So. I think you'll be assembling for quite a while yeah and if you put it all onto your table it might collapse yes i think it might yeah i think we'll cover easily cover a, a six by four table oh, very much thoroughly easily yeah 
Um, Too much terrain. Yeah, fun game of infinity inside this am, massive maze. I am building. not facing you, Yuqing. Um, <laughs> Why? We have some long corridors that I won't go down. Yeah, yeah, and then you have some short corridors with lots and lots of terrain, so your Damari can come up and exactly. just basically hack me apart. Exactly. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I I completely agree. That does sound like it fun. does sound like fun <laughs> for you. Uh, but no, it should be good fun. So, um, yeah, I, I look, I'm really thrilled with that terrain. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some of the other stuff put together. So, aside from that, um, you've been looking at your fleet for Dystopian Wars tournament that's coming I up? I have. I, uh, it's coming up in, uh, I'm trying to think now. April. F- April, so less than, nearly less than a month away. Mm-hmm. We, run a, we run a tournament in Shepparton here and every year um, for the past, coming up to our third, yeah. Which, as we were Basically saying in the last, it's forever. Yeah. So I try to run a different fleet every single year, the fleet that I don't normally play, mm-hmm. um, so completely new. So I've finally come down to a decision mm-hmm. um, and I've been, m- m- have received it all, so I've been just filing it down and sanding it and giving it a bath as you do with your resin to, resin uh, models yeah. so that you can paint them. Yeah, you wash them off so that you get the uh, mould release yeah. off the models so yep. the paint doesn't And also um, it helps wash up all the um, the the sand when you sand the back just all the yeah. powder from the resin yeah. as well and gives a nice adherence for your undercoat so I've been getting all that ready um, it's a bit of magnetising if anyone thinks that gives them a hint probably not because there's so many ships with turrets in the game That's it's right. not going to help yeah, you at yeah. all yep. um, but I, I, I'll be a bit sneaky and won't reveal what it is because I know that my my potential opponents do face me. It's been a bit of a running joke that I never reveal my fleet until the day of. Yeah, yeah. And um, they listen to the podcast, so... Yeah. No clues today! No, sorry. You'll have to be surprised. Yeah. And then you can look at me and go, I'm never facing that fleet again. That's right. You look out for those Australians. Oh, sorry. No, well, no, <laughs> no, not Australians. No, maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. So, uh, you've also been doing a little bit of commission painting with your Infinity or putting some stuff together? Yeah, for I have. Um, I've got a... Uh, a bit of a job with um, for a nomad force for Infinity, mm-hmm. so I've been stripping them back and just getting them together and onto onto cork pieces of cork to read the paint. So just partially assembling those. And Dylan, if you're listening, it's the last time I'm stripping your models. <laughs> the last time. Um, Infinity so you, is such um, they're beautiful models. They are. They're magnificent. Delicate. Yeah, they're very and particularly um, the female models. Mm. And when you get into into the factions like nomads or Aleph. They're so fine. Mm. Um, it just is. You got hair flowing everywhere. Fine oh. arms, guns. You know, they're very um, dynamic poses. They often. are. Yeah. And a lot of them need pinning, but there's so little metal to pin. You've got to be very, very careful. Mm. So um, I've just been getting them together and getting them ready. Um, and painting. And painting. Um, so I've, I've got, um, as I've mentioned before, I'm, I'm painting some US Ariadna, um, which I've started getting back into now, and yeah. I hope to get fi- finish some of them by um, next week and. Also, just doing the first test model for the new paint scheme for the Nomads. Yep. Um, so we might even post a picture of that on up if we, yeah, yeah, if we can. Yeah, sure. we'll um, Of the one that I've done, and hopefully the uh, the guy I'm painting for approves of it. He's finally settled down on a paint scheme after five changes. Well, you've got to you've got to be sure. You you do. You it's do. Like, you know, you've got to live with it. You got to. Oh, you get no, no, I get that. Room. I do get that. Yes, <laughs> I've stripped them twice. Ah, right, yeah, yeah, I can see. But anyway, moving on. Uh, moving on. Moving on. But they, I've done that. That's what I've been painting. Unfortunately, yep. um, I haven't got any other painting on the table just because I've been really wanting to get this commission work done because yep. the guys have been very patient with me. Yeah. Um, so hopefully once this is done, I'll be able to get something different on. Yeah. Do you want to ask me what I've been painting? I don't know. Uh, Giles, what have you been painting? Moving on. Anyway, um, yes. So I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass you, but since you're going to make me. Yeah. Uh, so... 
Uh, obviously nothing. Um, <laughs> assembling a lot of terrain, that's my well, initial, and, and that's important. Assembly mm. is very important yeah. because then you can play with it. Yeah. Um, painting, not it's important. before painting. Well, painting, and there's so many natural shadows when you just put a model on the table. I think they look beautiful they in do. natural plastic. <laughs> they do, or resin, or that's metal. Or whatever it might be. So, no, it's good. Uh, so, aside from that, we've been also... <laughs> Uh, because we tend to be hobby magpies and, and no, um, yes. always looking after what the new and shiny thing yeah. attracts our attention next, there have been a couple of games that we've ordered and got and we're currently um, going over what factions and miniatures yep. we're going to be buying for those. Um, first of those is a Sword and Spear. Yep. Sword and Spear is an ancient large battles game, moving around blocks of infantry and cavalry and, and so forth. You know, we'd talked about an ancient game yeah. for some time. Yeah. I heard some really good things about Sword and Spear. I like yep. the sound of the rules. Grab the rules. We both sort of like the look of them. Yeah. Uh, we, I, well, I vacillated significantly over what faction I would play, whether it was yes. going to be the Parthians or the Dacians or the Britons or the Celts or the Germans or the Carthaginians or uh, pretty much any other. Because you decided I'd like to play. You said to me, oh, Romans, I'd like to play Romans. I, I did, I did. But that said, and you were very, very kind to go, sure. No, well, um, I'm one of those people that would go, Look, any period, let's do that. <laughs> and then I'd spend, you know, the next five weeks deciding which particular which faction. Yeah. So um, I think we finally we, we had this discussion before the podcast yes. actually because we were, we, we were debating we were originally going to collect our ancients miniatures we're going to buy them from a company called Bacchus Miniatures we were. and they make uh, six mil scale yeah. miniatures for a whole range of periods predominantly ancients and Napoleonics yeah and they look really nice they I've do. always wanted to collect something in a, in a small scale like that just for just for the fun of it really yeah. and to see what see what they like on the table and then, then tonight something happened. yeah then tonight then you, you what what did you do what, what did, did you do, do you I, bad man I was terrible so I um I was browsing the interwebs as you do. <laughs> The Damn your eyes. The other day. And, Damn uh, those interwebs. Trying to figure out what I was going to get from Bacchus and just... Happened it, to accidentally fall on the 15mm. Well, okay. In case. my defense, I, what I was doing was I was looking at basing styles because right, yeah. in Sword and Spear, it's, it's not a set base size. Yeah. The, um, you choose your base size and that determines the measurement units, which yes. is nice because it means that you can use any scale, right? yeah. which is lovely. I was Googling basing standards for the game and... I came up with this lovely web page that was a that was a blog or something like that. I can't remember, but had a whole heap of pictures of mm. of varying styles and twenty eight mil and everything. And then I got to the fifteen mil, and it was a picture of a fifteen millimeter Greek phalanx, right? Yeah, like packed to the rafters of these yeah. these lined up these lined up um, hoplite. And I'm just like, I'm going to look at that. <laughs> so the next Damn Google the eyes. next Google search was fifteen millimeter agents, and I came across a a company called what were they uh, forged in battle and i had to one look at their range and i'm like oh dear oh i've done something bad you texted me last night <laughs> like I've, i may have been looking at 15 mil and i was like no we've decided on 6 mil damn you and then you came tonight we talked a little bit about it i did a little bit of a search on the on the computer for the same company yep oh they make some nice 15 mil scale models they do the long and the short is it is that in the last twenty minutes before the podcast, we've decided you're going Caesarian Roman pretty yes. much. I'm going Gallic. 
yep. force. Uh, we're doing the game in 15 mil. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so that all happened pretty quickly. It did. It did. Um, but, yeah, they, they make some beautiful-looking models forged in battle. Yeah, well worth having a look at. The, yeah. the models, I mean, I used to play a lot of 15 mil scale um, Ancients games, DBA, yep. DVM, back in, you know, when I was sort of, you know, in the in the 90s, yep. really. And, uh, you know, like the Essex always made some lovely yeah. 15 mil scale models. Some of the stuff that that are, that are, that's being produced now at that scale is just phenomenal. Yeah. And War and uh, War, sorry, Forged in Battle have their range War and Empire, which is their fifteen mil ancients. Um, oh wow, they are nice. They models. are very. I was. Um, this is my first sort of foray into. We. I've done a little bit. I've got some fifteen millimeter mm. models for when we were we tried out. Song and Blades, um, Song and Blades and Heroes. Heroes. But this is my first real foray into a, an actual full on war game. Um, with a lot of models, um, and I'm very, very impressed with the look of their models. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to get some and and actually get some paint on them and get them on the table. Um, I love the idea of big blocks of infantry. And it's I, I love it. You know, I've said it before. I'm not a big 28 mil gamer. Yep. You know, I'll play 28 mil, particularly with skirmish games. Yep. You know, and there's, there's, there's a variety of reasons for it. One, they take longer time to yeah. paint, and I'm. When I'm painting, I'm like, oh, I'll just do a table standard, and then I end up, you know, I'll just highlight this, and I'll just yep. highlight that, and I'll just put a wash on this, and I'll just do a bit of detail on that, and then I've spent, you know... Three hours on a, well, one lining for you. Yeah, that I'm more than I wanted to. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I do tend to get caught up doing that, and, and 28 mil is pretty terrible for that. Yeah, it does. 15 mil, you know, I like putting a bit of detail on 15 mil, but they... I just love that scale. I yeah. love 15 mil scale. The, the miniatures look really nice yep. and they look great on the table. Yeah. I really like the look of them on the table. So especially, you know, when – I mean, I like I like playing 15 mil skirmish games. Yep. Um, but I, with big blocks of infantry and things like yep. that, they just look magnificent. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm looking, very much looking forward to it. We'll, um, we'll get some minis hopefully in the near future and mm. um, get that one on the now table. Now that we've – We've decided. decided what we're going to do, yeah. Well, we've decided. Um, we'll, um, I'll apply to the finance minister for funds, um, <laughs> put a business case forward. Yeah. Uh, hope for approval. Hope so, for approval mm. and then just, no, I'll, I know she listens. I won't buy it anyway. I'll ask first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. No. Miley, if you're listening. All right. Um, so, we're definitely not buying a whole bunch of miniatures for that in the very near future. No. We will ask for approval first. That's right. Yes. Damn it. And if there happens to be some things arrive at the door. <laughs> oh, God, we didn't order it. That's we right. did not order it. Oh, look what we got sent. Isn't that nice? That's nice. It's from the new podcast. They're well, asking to is. test something. Yes. Um, so the next game that we're looking at, you you found online. Yeah, um, I actually it came up on my Facebook feed. I think it okay, was yeah. um, uh, a company called Knights of Dice, which is a, a Melbourne company mm-hmm. who do predominantly um, uh, custom cut foam. Now I think their biggest that's their biggest seller is custom cut foam bags for for wargaming. Um, they had it on as, as a sale, um, and it was a game called This Is Not a Test. It's a Predominantly a 28 millimeter skirmish mm. war game, post-apocalyptic setting, and I had a look at it, and that kind of era sort of just appeals to me. Mm, it's that a, Mad Maxi yeah. style of yeah, um, it's post-apocalyptic. Um, it's a skirmish game, mm. which I think we we tend to get into because yeah, of the small model count. It's quick to play. There's a small model count. They're yep. easy to paint up and get on the table. And with the campaign system, well, and that's, that was the other thing. It, mm. it it's 
the review said it had a very robust campaign system, mm. which for us, again, is something that we enjoy. We like following the models through. We like developing developing war bands or gangs or whatever it may be. And developing the story out and, of the game. Yeah. yeah. So I bit the bullet and it was on sale. It was, it was, good. It was a good price compared mm. to having to buy it from America, which is where, where the publisher is. Um, and we got it and I've had a read through the rules and I must say it's it's not an overly complicated game. Mm-hmm. It's got some beautiful background story about it and some beautiful fluff written into the book. But the the system of the game, which is which is a uh, you dice for activation of models, so they, they need to get a skill score to actually move. Mm-hmm. So there's no guarantee you're going to activate all your models. The way that all the tests work and, and just the mechanic of the game looks really interesting. Mm. The balance look, looks really good. And also the campaign system looks really interesting. Um, so it's a simple progression, but things like income is done off a standard deck of cards, which yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. And you're never putting with the deck of cards, there's options with what happens. So you never put it in a position where you're forced to have a bad situation. Yeah. You can always choose something lesser. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, I think we, we, I broached the idea of if we could, if it was only Giles and I who were going to, could play it, um, because often it's difficult to get people yeah. into new games, um, with new rule sets. Um, people don't want to buy minis, but that said, being 28mm, use anything you want, yeah. really. I came up with the idea that we might develop a warband for each each faction mm. and then just randomly assign who plays who and randomly play the game, the, the warband. So we never really have one of our own, but we develop them as they go through. Yeah, I like that idea. I think which, it's fun. Which I think will be interesting. Yeah. It, it challenges you because you've got to play different warbands every time. Yeah. And you not you get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea, yeah. I think it'll be a bit of fun, so. And we're gonna, now we're sort of having a look around to see yeah. what sort of miniatures we want to get yeah. for the different warbands. Yeah, yeah, so I've, I've found a few here and there, nothing specific. I think it's more just really deciding, well, we'll have a look at our own collections, what we've got, and then we might go from there. I think we'll probably play a few games with our own collections just yeah. to get a feel for the game. Um, and then hopefully there are a few guys at the club seem interested, so hopefully we can get a few games on the table and yeah, be good, something yeah. a bit different. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, it'd be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, as you said, it looks really interesting, and yep. anything with the campaign system, yep, sign me up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's about that in terms of what we've been doing and what we're looking at. There has been a bit of news going around the place that we thought we might cover as yeah, well. As well some, yeah. some some interesting games on the horizon. Yep. So do you want to do you want to take the first one? This is a Kickstarter that finished just recently. It did, um, and sucked me in right at the last minute, mm. um, and that was your fault because you referred oh, it to me. Um, I, 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 okay. Yep, you referred it. You <laughs> I referred may it. have, yeah. yeah. I showed you, I, I sent you, you a link. Did. You did send me a link, yep. um, which was GKR Heavy Hitters by mm. Weta Workshop. Mm. Um, you might know Weta Workshop. They do a lot of uh, special movie effects, special yeah. effects, most notably would be Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, and this is their first foray into a board, miniatures board game. Mm. Um, so they had it on Kickstarter. It, it did quite well. It did very well. It did yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it was that the main models are pre-painted, mm. which was a nice appeal to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um and they, they they look great. They do, as you they, might expect. Yeah, from, you know, these, yeah. these guys who, who their career is put together models yeah. and things like that. They and look magnificent. They're very much um, the the background is sort of near future, so it's not science fiction per se. Mm. The the it's basically based around the idea that corporations have these big robots and they're fighting for domination of a city. Mm. And the robots actually look realistic. Something that you could foresee being developed. Yeah. In the near future. Yeah, something that you might see in a DARPA video. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that far off. So, yeah. um, the the mechanic, I didn't really watch too many, unfortunately, I probably should have, but I, I watched <laughs> like one 
one explanation game, and then I'm like, yep, back it, done. Um, which is probably bad, but that's yeah. okay. So the idea being that you have a hand of cards drawn from a deck, and that tells you what you can do. So mm. there's fire a weapon, do all these sorts of things. Each each robot has a certain amount of energy to do those things each turn. And robots, the health is defined by your deck of cards. Mm. So once you lose your deck of cards, robots destroyed. Oh. So, um, and you, there's various ways you can get cards back into your deck, into mm. your discard pile and stuff like that. So, it's, I, I think it'll be interesting. It's it's a four-player game, two to four players. Mm. Uh, everything you need is included in the box. Always I guess, a big appeal. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm looking forward to that one coming amongst the other Kickstarters that we have. But, yeah, it looked really, really interesting. So, yeah, I backed that one. Yeah, excellent. Um, the other one was a Kickstarter that you almost backed. I almost backed. Atlantis, Atlantis Miniatures. Yeah, um, if anyone's seen Atlantis Miniatures, they did a range of uh, orcs and trolls and giants and ettins, um, I think, ooh, a year and a half ago-ish, mm-hmm. um, and they've just come up finalising all their Kickstarter. It was, a, it was a very, very successful Kickstarter. They were very nice models, mm. beautiful sculpts, um, sort of moving away a lot bulkier than your traditional, I suppose, okay, if yeah. you got to think of traditional, you know, a lot of started out with Games Workshop. Mm. Um, these orcs and trolls and that were sort of uh, so sculpted more along the lines of something you would expect to see in from the World of Warcraft movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bulkier, yeah. big tusks, uh, as opposed to something you get from Games Workshop. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, it tends to appeal to me more, um, mm. and they were very, very lovely. Not a huge range of sculpts, but every model's individually sculpted. So not modular, but you get some very, very nice models. So they, they just did one which was a dwarf range. I was so tempted. Mm. Uh, it was just this beautiful. So it was, I think it ended up with three three units of 10, a unit of male dwarf warriors with varying weapons, a mm. unit of dwarf crossbowmen, and a unit of female dwarf warriors. Um, and then varying, they had... Um, uh, dwarf warriors on rams. They had dwarf warriors on pigs, which was funny because one of the pigs was actually lying down on the side and this yeah. dwarf warrior was sort of half climbing off it. Um, they ended up with a saber-toothed tiger sculpt with a dwarf warrior and a uh, pygmy mammoth with oh, a dwarf nice. yep. on it. Um, and they were, they're just really – and they're that – You that, had me at pygmy mammoth. Well, <laughs> yeah. But they, the, the sculpts, you can still look at their sculpts online. Yep. Um, if you go to the Kickstarter page, which was – by Atlantis Miniatures. I can't actually remember what they called the range, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but also their Facebook page has posts up of the sculpts. Yep. Um, and they're very much that bulbous-nosed, big-cheeked, big-bearded dwarf mm. as opposed to, again, the, the GW dwarf, which was sort of runty and mm. just pot-bellied, where these actually look like well-muscled and strong dwarves and mm. these really big noses that, I don't know, it's more, more stereotypical to me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I was very tempted and then I finally saw reason and thought, what am I going to play with them? Yeah. Um, we can always find some. <laughs> we can, but we do have too many games. And I really didn't need to be spending $800. Uh, no. On, well, because you can't just go a little way. <laughs> well, what's the point? You buy one unit of dwarves and hmm. then you, you can't play a game with that, can you? A skirmish game. Well, yeah, but they're not really meant. They're, it's a regimental game. It's meant for big <laughs> regiments. You can't. So you need to get, you know, multiple units, and then you'll need, you know, two big blocks of infantry, a block of crossbowmen. You'll need yeah, uh, yeah. artillery, you know, yeah. Roman, the, the, the ram cavalry, a and carry the, case, a t shirt, <laughs> <laughs> the artwork book. Yeah. yeah. So um, unfortunately, that one didn't get back, which is probably a good thing. Mm. Um, my wife might have been a little annoyed about that one. Yeah. But that was it. There's. 
it was a very, very tempting Kickstarter. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and they, they, they sound really good, yeah. They, they And they are producing all their other miniatures, Atlantis miniatures. If you're looking for um, that centerpiece model or just some unique sculpts of, you know, um, at the moment, the ones they've got on, on their website, I'm pretty sure, are just the orcs um, and the trolls and all that. But, again, if you're playing a fantasy game, something like, say, Kings of War, mm. if you've got a troll unit, it's only three trolls. Mm. And these sculpts are really unique. They're really interesting. They're nice and... I think they'd be very, very fun to paint. Yeah. Um, definitely worth a look. Excellent. Definitely yeah, well, well worth checking out. And I, I suppose one of the other things that was on uh, the interwebs, you yeah. know, I was busy talking about after the Gamma Trade Show yep. uh, were some of the announcements made by Games Workshop. Yeah. Um, we've talked about Games Workshop. You know, we both came from a history of playing yep, Games Workshop definitely. games during what both of us would probably regard as their heyday in the 90s yeah, yeah. Um, with the release you know, of, of uh, Warhammer and its various iterations at that time, 40K yep. and its various iterations at that time, Gork and Walker, Necromunda, yeah. Mordheim, Man of War, etc. Um, you know, some of the you know, the best probably miniatures games that have been produced and yeah. certainly um, hobby-defining games. Very much so. And so on. So, you know, Games Workshop have copped a lot of flack over the last have. you know 20 years you know rightly so i think in a lot of cases for yeah. various things and you know a couple of years ago they decided you know they've obviously made a decision to change what they're doing because yeah. they're losing ground in the market they and they destroyed the fantasy uh setting they and did. set up the age of sigma yep. um and the I'm not really catch up with what's going on with 40k, but something similar in, in that regard. I think it seems to be um, the fall of Cadia and mm. the return of Reboot Gilliman. It seems to be more of this apocalyptic things trying to destroy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think thematically, it's a, yeah. Thematically, aside from the whole miniatures and pricing and all that kind of stuff, I think you you've got a GW fans. To me, seem to be very. Um, Fanatical, mm. um, like the fantasy ones, particular very fanatical. And when they destroyed fantasy, the fantasy world, mm. they lost a lot of people because they destroyed the world that they loved. Yeah, that they built their armies around. I, I, I worry that if they do that to, to 40k, that they might end up doing that as well. Yeah. But, I, having said that, um, I think from a from a business point of view, Games Workshop were finding fantasy was was going nowhere. Yes, it was. It was. Um, they had to do something, and it was a bold move. It was. I, I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, it's I'm not, not a big fan of Age of Sigma. No. But you know, I think it was a bold move, and it was. It would be interesting. I thought it'd be interesting to them to see how it played out. I think it's doing well for them. Yeah. Well, um, they had to make a change. You can't keep losing money. It's a company. No. It's got to make money. And, yeah. And and that's the same with any miniatures company, any any rules producing company. They have to make money. They've got to make decisions, yeah. and it's not always going to be what everyone wants. So um, a couple of years ago, they started bringing out. You know, they bought out Space Hulk. Yeah. Um, really, Space Hulk in a big deluxe edition. They did. And that was a good re- Space was- Hulk was a, a great release. I bought it, um, and I had it for a while. And mm. I've, I've sold it since mainly because I never played it. And- yeah. Uh, I really bought it for the miniatures. Mm. But that was a really good release. It yeah. got a lot of following and they've re-released it again. Now you yeah. can buy it. Um, they've got, they have got they had an agreement with Fantasy Flight Games yep. who produced a lot of board games set in their universe. That agreement uh, was terminated, I gather, with some... Mm, Angst? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to speculate, but no. yeah, between the two parties. But... It, it, that agreement has, uh, has has ceased, and Games Workshop sort of have gone back to that 
golden era and said, well, specialist games. You know, what what of these can we read? Yeah. Can we redo? We need to, you know, build our brand. There's obviously this huge growth area of board games, yep. uh, which has been, which has had phenomenal growth in the last, yeah. you know, 15, 20 years. And so, you know, they've they've re-released Blood Bowl. Yep. They, um, which has had a good following, from what I understand it. And again, from what I understand, I haven't played it myself. I, I enjoyed Blood Bowl um, mm. years and years ago. We've talked about talked maybe about getting it. it. Yeah. Um, and for those that know us, um, often think that we just bash GW. Uh, if they bring out a good rule set and it's reasonably priced mm. that we can afford, because everyone's on a budget, yeah. um, we'll definitely consider it. And we had with Blood Bowl. Um, yeah. we, we've definitely looked at it and considered it. We haven't gone there yet. But I think it, it definitely could be on the cards in the near future. And the thing, one of the other things, and this is this is one thing that always gets, you know, is in the back of my head, in terms of you know the pricing of, of their stuff in Australia, yeah, you know it's just obscene. It so is. Um, that's always something that you know that's held me back. You know, yeah. held me back with Space Hulk, it held me back yep. with Bud Bowl. You know, you're looking at one hundred and fifty dollars as a yeah. as a gateway. It's um, it's a big investment. It's yeah. Anyway, that aside, they anyway. had some announcements at the Gamma Trade Show. Yep. There was a lot of speculation and talk about them re-releasing prior to the Gamma, Gamma Trade Show earlier this year a bunch of their special, specialty games, yep. one of which was going to be Necromunda. Yep. They announced at the Gamma Trade Show a game called uh, Shadow War Armageddon, yeah. which apparently has a lot of the core rule set for yep. Necromunda and aspects... Of the campaign system. Air quotes, some mm. end air quotes of the campaign system from yeah. Necromunda. What are your thoughts I, I like the idea that they're bringing back the, the Necromunda rules were fairly robust. Mm. Um, they, I think, they drew from a time when 40k was a good game. It was a mm. robust game. It was complex enough to be interesting, but not hugely complex. So I think that's a good thing. Mm. Um, I'm concerned over this aspects of or parts of the campaign system. Yeah. Um, I think ne- one of the reason why Necromunda was so brilliant was the campaign system. Yeah. It's a trend that we saw, and this is one of the things I think that sort of also has had held my hand with Blood Bowl yep. and with Warhammer Quest. Yeah, um, the Silver Tower was re-released. Uh, Warhammer Quest to me was one of the greatest dungeon crawl board games ever yep. created. It was fantastic. Oh yeah. When they re-released it, you know the the campaign aspect of that was, um, you know, released in separate pieces and, yeah. and bits here and there, and not you know. Anyway, I just you know. To me, you know, I look at Necromunda now. You know, we played some Necromunda. Yeah. We played a Mordheim campaign. The rule sets, you know... You I, bought a box, honest, it was there. Yeah, but, you know, well, yeah, there's, there's that. The, but the rules themselves, in terms of, you know, the mechanics of play, are solid and they give you a good game. They do. They're simple. I don't think there's there anything necessarily special um, in the market. No. You know, there, there are plenty of other games that, that give just as good or better game play experience, yes, very much so. mechanically speaking, especially the activation system, you know, the yeah. I go, you go sort of thing, you know, the various other aspects to it. What those games did magnificently was the campaign stuff. Yep. And I don't think it's ever really been, it's been emulated many a time. It has. I'm not sure it's ever been matched, to be quite honest. You it, know, yeah, they, I, they're brilliant. They really were. Uh, and the, uh, 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 an okay set of mechanisms for gameplay combined with a brilliant campaign system made for an absolutely fantastic yeah. game when you take one of those away or you you water it down or whatever else i'm just i'm not i'm not sold well well in particular well for us the part of the system that really made it brilliant yeah and you're taking that away it, it makes it very difficult with, with the shadow War armageddon we probably should say is that it's designed to be used with standard 
the GW factions. Mm. So it's not specific to uh, what Necromunda was, which yeah. was gang warfare. This is designed to be able to use your GW models and take your, your 40k army, take pick a few models out of it, put them in a skirmish game, and maybe see them progress through yeah. with, some exp- with some advances. And the box set comes with a bunch of terrain. It comes yep. with some blood angels and some orcs. Yep, yep. So, again, I, I think they're going to... It's a good idea. I like it. I just... I would love to see a really robust campaign system. Yeah, me too. Um, to me, that's what sells the gun. It is. You know? I would consider it if it had the ra- if it had the campaign system. I actually have already looked at mm. finding some some models to, to run in it because there was a, a guy at our club who's like, "Yep, he's a he's a he's a GW um, fanboy." I was going to say, just fan, 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 oh, fanatic. Yeah, fanatic is a good word. Yeah, um, we say it with an endearing quality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he only plays Games Workshop games. Um, so he definitely was going to get this. Mm. And I've, I actually considered that if it was going to have the campaign system that I would I would pick up some models to play in it. Yeah. Just to you know, have a go. I think oh, it's Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Important. I'd be happy to do that too. But it, it all for me, it rides on the campaign system. Very much so. There was also some rumours about them re-releasing Mordheim. Yeah. There was a game announced called Warhammer uh, Shadespire. Oh, it wasn't an, wasn't announced. It was was teased. teased, and then there was a lot of chatter on the forums about whether it was Mordheim or not. Yep. Apparently, there were demo games run at at, at Adepticon, and, and yep. since it's not Mordheim, apparently. So yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see how that goes. I'm, it's Age of Sigmar, and I'm just not. Yeah. It just doesn't do it for me, to yeah. be quite honest. But it'll be interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm, look, you know, if Games Workshop's trying new things and and wanting to. To, to reinvent themselves if they're looking at bringing out, you know, new and interesting yeah. game systems. I'll certainly take a look at them. But oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. It just, it I think that's the thing, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely look at them, but, again, it's like anything. Mm. We've got to like the rules, um, and for us, a lot of it at the moment is, is narrative or campaign. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, I definitely, if I do get, we do get a copy of the rules... We'll have a review of it. Um, if it's played at the club, particularly the Shadow Armageddon, yeah, um, we'll give we might give it a quick review or a quick overview. Yeah, and, um, if we get involved. Um, but yeah, at the moment we're yeah, on I'm, the fence. I think. Yeah, I'm not going out there to you know I'm, I'm not waiting to press um, you know the, the purchase button yeah. on a on a web store or anything like that just yeah. yet. So aside from that, we've yeah. got the Stopian Wars Kickstarter wrapping up. The backer kit for that has closed. Um, if, you had, if, if you're interested and you go over to their Kickstarter page, they've um, previewed sculpts yeah. um, or renders for the for the Egyptians. They've got photos of yeah, the Ice some, Maiden yep. in resin, which is a hefty chunk of resin. I, it, you could use it to prop open a door yeah, um, yeah. or defend or your home. Bludgeon, bludgeon your <laughs> opponent if they um, argue over the rules with you. So, yeah, um, that's closed. So I think there's a lot of well, – at the club, Dystopian Wars is one of the – the big games, big yeah. games that we all play, a lot of us play. Um, so we're all looking forward to that one. Hopefully, yeah. well, with the the sculpts for the Ice Maiden, which is is a, a massive um, aircraft carrier mm. that's built, built inside an iceberg. Built, built inside an iceberg, which is possible because of Sturgeonium. They did look at doing it during the Second World War. They did look at do it during the Second World War, but it never got off. It never actually <laughs> eventuated. Wow. Um, a marriage between liner and iceberg has never been a comfortable one. Well, no, no. <laughs> Apparently they don't get along. <laughs> it was only, all it wanted was a hug. Mm. Yeah, no. no. Um, so yeah, they've been produced. They've been cast in resin. So hopefully we'll be getting some. They will be shipping out in the next yep. month or month or two. 
um, which will be exciting for us. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll definitely have a look at those and put some photos up when I, we get our, yeah. our, our pledges for that. Very much looking forward to it. Um, so the other thing, one of the other things that we had a look at, yeah. you know, we've talked a lot about sharp practice and yep. getting into that period and, and um, peri miniatures particularly and yeah. the, the, the beautiful plastics that they do. They do make very much um, Peri miniatures announced a, a game called Travel Battle, yeah. the complete tabletop war game in a box, um, which yeah, it looks really interesting. <laughs> it looks actually, very interesting. Um, I think I, I shared it with you. I saw you did, it. Yeah. I saw it. Pop up again on Facebook because you know I've got nothing better to do with my time and scroll through <laughs> my Facebook feed, of course, which has a disproportionately large number of miniature websites on it. And it popped up, and I thought, oh, I shared it with Giles, and I'm like, this looks really interesting. Yeah. Just something different, yeah. Um, something you can take. I know that a lot of us, you know, people travel and they can't take their miniatures with them, mm. or you know, want something quick to play. And it looks really. Uh, we haven't seen the rules. Mm. Um, it's on pre-order now from the Perry Miniatures website, uh, but the miniatures look really. Interesting. They're, they're uh, six little mil stands. Or? They're eight mil. Eight millimeter infantry or eight mil. Yeah. Um, so there's there's infantry, cavalry, cannon. There's various other bits and pieces in the box. You get um, two armies. Yep. You get uh, the battle boards, which yep. can be clipped together. They're plastic boards, I believe, and they can be clipped together to arrange various battlefields. Yeah. They have terrain. Yep. Little houses and forests and bits and pieces like that. The battle boards look really nice. I think they do. you know we were talking earlier. Just a simple paint job. A simple base coat and then a dry brush, um, and they would look really, they would really, look nice. really nice. Yeah, and it seems to be that you know everything's provided in the box. Everything can be clipped onto the boards. Mm. Um, it's something you can bring out. You know, if you're lucky enough to have a wife, partner, or brother, sister, whoever you happen to travel with, take it take it away when you go on holidays yeah. and just bring it out and play it over over a dining room table. I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things too. Depending on and. and you know, the, the major caveat, of course, is as you said, we haven't seen the rules, but um, it'll be interesting to see how long yeah. how long it takes to play yep. um, and what those rules are. Because yeah, it does. It looks really interesting. I'm looking forward to finding out more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose the last thing, yeah. um, just just not too long ago, no. uh, Compass Games announced the Command and Colors Tricorn. Um, I put mm. that up on Kickstarter. Um, Command and Colors is a is a game system designed by Richard Borg. We've talked about it before with um, Command of Colors Ancients, which yes. is a game you're getting into. We've played Battle Law, Memoir yeah. 44. Yeah. Um, I used to own Command of Colors Napoleonics. I've pre-ordered Command of Colors Medieval. Yep. If you can't get it, we actually enjoy the game, yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> and the system. <laughs> so um, we saw that today. Yeah. Uh, it looked interesting. I'm it not, did look interesting. It's not one I'm going to order. I've got Medieval on pre-order yeah. from GMT, so I'm really looking forward to I, that. I, I don't know. Um, I had a look at getting the Napoleonics mm. for a while, but then I talked to you and you weren't. Yeah, you I know. wasn't a huge fan of that iteration. It had some rule changes to it. Yep. Um, look, maybe my experience was, you know, out of the ordinary um, but there were those the, the tweaks that were made. And it's funnily enough because it was the tweaks that that I've seen discussed on the forums before. Things yep. like um, why don't your units lose? Um, you know, every unit when you attack rolls dice. Yep. Why don't they lose dice as they take injuries oh, yep. as you yep. remove blocks? Um, and I thought, yeah, yeah. Why doesn't that happen? You know, that, that's a that would be a really interesting. Well, Napoleonics does it, and it was one of the aspects of the game that I think just fell flat for me, yep. um, which was surprising because it was one that I thought would actually really yeah. add, add to the game. Um, I don't know why that was. I think it just sort of everything sort of bled out and became less effective and the game sort of ended, ended this, this. It just sort of uh, it started off at a, at, a, at a run and then sort of ended up sort of 
dragging itself along the ground, if you know what I mean. Because you're only rolling one dice. Yeah. And it takes forever to roll that dice. Yeah, and, you know. It's well, that's just... the one thing about the, the system is it's it's quite fast. Yeah. Things hit hard right until they go. So, you, you're always... Everything's always a threat, mm. and you definitely you always tend to try and eliminate a unit or get it to retreat or whatever that may be. And it was more a manoeuvre mm. game to get the units into the position where you wanted to hit hard. So, yeah, I can see why maybe it didn't it yeah, didn't pan I, out. I don't know. Well, and it wasn't just that. It may have been also the scenarios that I'd played yeah. or whatever else. But yeah, I had I had Napoleonics and I played it. I wasn't yeah I wasn't sold by the system. Yeah. Um, so you know that was one one of the games I sold. But certainly medieval, I'm really looking forward yeah. to. I love the the medieval period. Um, Tricorn, look, the American Revolution I, is fascinating. You know, I, I yep. listen to the the Revolutions podcast. Yep. Um, anyone out there who's got a, an interest in history, the Revolutions podcast is a an excellent one. It goes through a whole bunch of different um, revolutions. I think they covered the English uh, Civil War, the American Revolution, um, the the Haitian Revolution, yep. uh, the French Revolution. Um, you know, it is a it's a fascinating podcast. It really delves into those. I, you know, it's not a period that I'm disinterested in, yep. but it's not a period that that I am going to you know really jump out yeah. either. And you know, while I'm waiting for medieval, do I need to be waiting for another <laughs> another one? Spin on the same system. Um, look, it looks really interesting, and that the art is beautiful. Yep. You know, it looks really nice. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I'll be interested to see how it goes. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, well, I think with um. I think between us, you've got Battle Law, which we we haven't got through half the scenarios no, that you've got for right, that. Yeah. I've still got to get my the Ancients, um, and I really do want to get Ancients, mm. and we'll, we play through those once I get that. Um, and that's the Ancients is a sizable investment given it's got six expansions. Yeah, um, it, it's a big investment. Ancients, that's right. Yeah, um, um, we've got Medieval. Is, is medieval is coming. Coming. I think in terms of this this system, we've got a lot to play through. Yeah. So while and, and with so many games, we're sort of you know as it is, you know, we were talking before this about how many games we need to get to the table. Yeah. So um, we yeah. do have to stop at some point. Yeah. And say what? No. I know. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Yeah. There's I always never, the next shiny never thing. said that there will be the shiny thing yeah. that we'll look at. Ooh, ooh, pretty. That looks good. That yeah. looks interesting. Yeah, that looks ooh. interesting. Well, that's going to miniatures are nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be the the fifteen millimeter sword and spear. Yeah, which will that, be Romans, and then it'll be something else. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, with Roman oh. period, then it'll be the Achaemenid Persians versus yeah. the Alexandrian Macedonians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, you know, yeah. Oh, getting these really? Oh, I'm not going to force it. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Saga. Oh, oh no. no! Don't go there. Stop! Go All right, on. stop. Yeah. Uh, and then two fat ladies are released. Whatever rule set they're bringing out next, and and then we'll we'll jump on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing that you're not a huge fan of World War Two, because mm. that would be even worse for us. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I've, looked would be... at, I've looked at um, what's the chain of command? Chain of command. Two, yeah. two fat ladies. I've, I've yep. looked at that and I like the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just you know look I, again. I'm interested in World War Two history. It's just not a period I really am fascinated by gaming. You and know. that's the thing, you've got to enjoy it. Mm. We, we have more than enough common interest. Oh, yeah. We don't really need World War II as a to common add, interest. To, 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 to add yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I Napoleonics was a new ad. It was, Napoleonics was a new ad, I think. Yeah. Um, one, one new period slash setting, I per, think, per year. Ooh, I was going to have six months. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, we did, what did we do? We did Heavy Gear. Yeah. Uh, and now we've done. Oh, right. So, uh, science fiction. Well, no, no, no. I was going like an individual game oh, or right. universe. Yeah, okay, yeah. So right. um, I was I was lumping heavy gear in with, oh, okay. with so, as the broad genre of science well, does that, fiction. Hang on, does that does that cop us out then that we can buy more of it because it's not yeah. a new a new genre. 
Yes. Yeah, I like I, that. I did leave that loophole open for a reason. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit late. I'm getting it's a bit slow. Uh, actually, I'll tell you one thing I'm looking forward to. Ganesha Games, publisher yep. of Song of Blades and Heroes, is going to be very soon putting up a Kickstarter for a spaceship combat game. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Um, well, I can't remember the name of the game, to be quite honest. Oh, no. Off the top of my head. But, yeah, it looks really interesting. I'm a fan of Song of Blades and Heroes. Yep. I like what, what they do. So, yeah, I'll be really interested to see what, what comes of it. Yeah. Just looking at the name, seeing uh, Star Eagles, it's called. Okay. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know... How they do it. How yeah. they do it. Yeah. And how that rule set iterates. They always make small-scale skirmish-level games yep. that play quickly. You've got a reasonably interesting yeah. rule set. I found recently a whole bunch of, uh, of miniatures, spaceship oh, miniatures too, that I've yeah. had for, um, gosh, I can't remember the game now. It's, um, uh, you'll say it and I'll remember it too because... Published by Iron Crown Enterprises. I feel really oh. bad because Don and Eric worked for Iron Crown oh, Enterprises really? and worked yeah. on this game. Oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, bad. It is bad. That's I'm bad. I'm sorry, Don and Eric. <laughs> oh, goodness uh, me. We'll remember it after the podcast. We will, recording. yeah. It's late. It is late. So yeah, those are those are. I'm really looking. Well, that's one thing to we don't have is mm. a small scale spaceship, space naval. Yeah. What was the one that we all used to play? Full thrust. Full thrust. Mm. I remember full thrust with a with a fond fond yeah, rose coloured glasses. The, yeah, the, they are rose coloured. But I love the um, the inertia yeah. system in that. Yeah. You, know, you always never forget playing that with someone for the first two or three times and just. Ships sailing off the board. Surge, surge forward, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, my God, I've got to slow down. I can't. And then they'd just whoosh off the other end of the board, yep. disappear. Or they'd go to do the old right turn yep. and forget that they're also still moving forward yep. because they haven't counted that thrust. Yep. I oh, yeah. See, that was a good game. Yeah. Um, I've got, got the rule set for that too, actually. <sighs> mm. Yeah, but you know what happen? We'll play it and we'll go... This is not the same. Yeah, that's right. Best, yeah. best leave it lying. Let's Maybe. Have, let's, let's keep that let's just Let's just see what this one happens. Let's not let Michael Bay. Let's not <laughs> go Michael Bay on their childhood memories here. No, let's here. not do that. There's already enough of that floating <laughs> around. Oh, God. But, yeah, all right. Well, well I think that's about that's covers enough. it for this episode. I think so. Until next time, I'm Giles Pritchard. I'm Quentin Sum. Uh, you've been listening to On Minis Games. If you've got any questions or queries, you can contact us at onminisgamespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to On Minis Games. On Minis Games is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. Oh.